Welcome back to another episode of the Compete Clarity podcast. This is the first episode in our new CI by Industry mini-series, a run of about five episodes diving deep into the particulars of doing competitive intelligence in different industries. Today's guest, representing the mobile gaming industry, is Nadav Moshez, Market and Competitive Intelligence Manager at Pletika, a producer and developer of, honestly, a ton of mobile games. I counted at least 15 on the homepage of their website alone. That's a lot of products, and it's a lot of challenges. Challenges we discussed on today's episode, including how to link player experience to KPIs, how to handle fast-moving markets, and the importance of earning the trust of your stakeholders, as well as how to do this in a way that boosts your career growth. All right, let's welcome Nadav to the show. All right, welcome to the show, Nadav. So as I mentioned before the call, and for the benefit of the listeners to today's show, this is the first episode of a short run where we'll essentially dig into the specifics of doing competitive intelligence across different industries. So we're just trying to establish Where's the process much the same and where does it differ significantly or maybe not so significantly? But before we get into that, Nadav, let's just start with some background on yourself, if you don't mind. So first off, would you mind telling us a bit about your background and experience in competitive intelligence and maybe prior roles as well, if that's relevant, and perhaps even a little bit about the mobile game industry that you work in? Yeah, sure. So... In the last few years, I've been working for Playtica, which is one of the leading mobile gaming companies around the world. And this was my role for the last two years. And before that, I spent a few years working mainly in business analysis and financial analysis roles um, until I kind of felt like I had enough, uh, maybe of, I want to get out of the Excel sheet, let's say that, and do something more strategic. And I felt like I can really use this experience in a role like CI, and I'm so glad that I did so. And yeah, here I am today, Playtica. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and just a couple of rapid fire questions for context then. Um, how big's the team? Is it just you working on competitive intelligence? Are there some people working around you, under you? Yeah. So generally we have different roles that perform CI at a certain level, uh, but specifically in the business strategy department, we are two CIs. Cool. Cool. Um, and lastly, just to set the scene then, uh, stakeholders, who are you serving most of the time? Is it one or two specific groups or is it everybody? Yeah, because it's generally I hear also in the, in the CIA community, there are many kind of CI, some sits within product marketing and, and other places. But in, in my company, it's it's a very strategic unit where the CI sits within it. And we serve really a variety of stakeholders. It can be product manager, it can be creative managers, art designers, obviously executives, game economists. So basically anyone, legal teams, it depends on the project and, and the task, of course, but so many kind of stakeholders. But if I would have to pick the more, um, let's say, popular ones or the more in the day to day would be product manager and executives are the most, uh, most of the time the stakeholders we are dealing with. Okay. Awesome. That's good to know. Okay. So um, product managers and executives for the most part, but really quite a broad range of Mm-hmm. Uh, stakeholders you're working with. And I guess as a result, quite a broad range of responsibilities for you in terms of deliverables and stuff like that, which we'll get onto later on. So you're a team of about two, two to three people serving those people primarily in mobile gaming. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we've set the scene. Let's get into some practical stuff in terms of what the competitive intelligence process mm-hmm. looks like for you in mobile gaming. So 
data, we've mentioned it already. It's at the heart of most competitive intelligence programs, right? Uh, whether people are getting that data from internal subject matter experts, from customer interviews, or from like trawling competitor websites and, and stuff like that. Data is mm -hmm. usually the starting point. Um, you know, some people obviously think about it as a cycle and it feeds in the back end just as much and is kind of never ending thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, I know that getting your hands on that data isn't always easy. Some people complain of having too much, but I think just as much, it can be the opposite problem. You know, not, not there's, there's really not enough data to go around. So mm -hmm. what's it like trying to gather data in the mobile gaming industry? Yeah, so, so first of all, uh, it can be very challenging sometimes because after all, we're dealing with, we're dealing with games. Now, as you probably know or not, it depends, but a game can be really difficult to analyze because, you know, it's about fun and it's not easy to analyze fun after all, right? So we do have some combination of tools. It can be internal tools, meaning meeting with stakeholders, or cross-knowledge sharing, as I spoke about earlier, that we share the knowledge internally, or it can be some internal data and benchmark that we have uh, internally, or it can also be like some kind of communities in the company that we group according to areas of interest, like once in a while, for example, once in a quarter, we group specific uh, stakeholders about one specific topic to talk about it and to share knowledge. And there's also the external part of how we gather data, which is about CI tools, now, this can be a variety of tools from the level of inspiration, meaning we have some kind of tools that give us some many examples of specific game features so we can get inspired by that. Or it can be about implementation. So we have another tool that will give us how different kind of features are being implemented in some competitor games. And lastly, it can be a, a more, let's say, a performance tools which give us what was the impact of specific feature? How can we connect a, 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 a specific update or change in one of our competitors to the numbers? So it's a whole different set of tools that we kind of need to use them all together internally and externally, and eventually to kind of build the, the final picture together, the insight or whatever we need, but it can get very challenging, but the, generally it's all about data, no matter where we get it from, sometimes it can be even using some freely available data like microeconomic trends, statistics, or things like that, or even uh, the trends and how it's correlated with the S&P. doesn't matter. Everything is out there, just know how to use it and use it the right way, basically. Okay, awesome. I think that's really interesting. How do you measure fun? Like something yeah. as, as emotional and subjective um, as that, how do you do it? And just, just listening to that, that all makes like a ton of sense. You know, you've got the, the internal kind of qualitative data in terms of putting together task forces or like stakeholder groups, mm -hmm. sharing knowledge, um, having internal benchmarks as well, I think is interesting knowing mm -hmm. that you can, um, kind of construct a kind of benchmark to make correct me if I'm wrong, but quantify some of that, um, I, I guess would be massively useful as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also depends on, on how big is the company because we are a pretty large corporate with multiple games and across multiple game genres. So it's kind of, you know, we kind of enjoy that because we have multiple games and we know the data and benchmarks and we can definitely leverage that in any of our decisions or whatever we want to do in the company. I guess that smaller companies that have one game be more tough there too because they don't have really have benchmarks and they have to kind of 
rely on the estimates that is available in some CI tools and things like that. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I guess that's a good point that people listening who are working with, I don't know, multiple software products or something like that, um, if they're not already implementing, might think about implementing. If you're not benchmarking success against other products, um, maybe something to start doing. One other thing you mentioned was external tools. Um, one thing you didn't mention, um, although I'd be interested to know if you do it, you know, so many get their really key data from like win-loss analysis and stuff like that. Is there any way to kind of approximate that in mobile gaming, maybe even just a customer interview kind of thing? Do you manage to get um, to speak to uh, customers, people who purchase um, the games you guys develop much, or is it mostly uh, perhaps like playtesting? You get into people in um, internally uh, to do stuff like that. So honestly, we don't have something called win-loss uh, uh, analysis in, in gaming, as far as I know. But definitely a part of the sources we rely on are knowing what the players think. It can be our players, it can be competitor players. Okay, we want to know what's their purchase behavior, behavior. We want to know what's their feelings and, and, and emotions about specific experiences in the game. So we definitely also, um, um, we, we kind of try to connect the sentiment and the player's behavior to the data that we spoke about earlier and trying to build the picture with all of it together because it can be that I see there is a great trend in the numbers and this and dramatic change in market share and, and something, exp a feature exploded in specific competitor games, but, but maybe the most important thing is to know what the player thinks about that, right? So if we will not be sure that we have the right and correct data from the players, from the customer after eventually, we will not have the full picture and we will not probably do anything without it. We, we need to make sure it's, it's again, it's all about fun. And if we don't have this fun factor or the fun, if you can call it fun KPI, okay, we will not probably go, not go for it because we need to make sure it's going to be fun for our players. It's, it's this is the main thing we would like to, to do, you know, to, to provide fun for our players. We are dealing in the free to play a business model, meaning playing doesn't cost money. Okay. You can play for free as long as you, as you want. So we need to make sure it's fun after all, they decide to invest their time in our game. So this is definitely something that we like to focus in sentiment analysis, focus group surveys, and, and this kind of things together with the thing that we mentioned before, which is some other kind of data sources. Got you. Awesome. Okay. That sounds super comprehensive. So something I'm instantly wondering is, and I think this is a challenge for everybody, how do you take all of those kind of disparate data sources and kind of pull them together to get like, um, and this is probably quite a broad, big question to be fair, but how do you pull all of those together and then extract from that? Here's what's meaningful. Here's what's maybe not so useful. And then take the meaningful stuff and translate that into, here's an action plan for how we can improve yeah so i think it depends what we're trying what we're trying to achieve it depends on that because let's say we're trying to research about a specific uh, topic or feature or or some game experience or mechanic that we're not familiar with at all in our existing knowledge in, in our company so we would definitely like to do as much as we can uh, and we will take the time with uh, relying on multiple sources 
We can even use some other third party uh, uh, providers to help us with that in order to get the full picture because we cannot uh, rely on anything internally. But if it is something that we already have experience with and we know how it, how efficient it is and how effective it is and we know what our millions of players think about it in general, you'll probably need less uh, to get from the outside. So it really depends, but generally, um, to be honest, the, the more the better, but again, we always need to remember who are we going to deliver it to? Because if we're going to deliver it to some kind of stakeholder, let's say, and as an example, a product manager, usually it will have to be very informative, but usually also in a very specific topic. However, if it's going to be an executive, you will just be very focused, very insightful, and it can be on a broader topic. So it really depends with the stakeholder. And, and then we definitely need to adjust the, the data collection, data gathering uh, to that. And sometimes we will even uh, see that on the way we, we, we gather too, too much data. And then we have to stop and tell ourselves, okay, this is too much for what we need. It happens. Okay, you need to know when it's too much also and what will be enough for your outcome. So always during the process, you're trying to understand what will serve the project goal. Um, but yeah, it really depends, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's something that I know um, you wanted to speak about in some depth was working with different sets of stakeholders and how that informs kind of the rest of the process. So how much would you say that those processes of data gathering and data analysis change depending on which set of stakeholders it is that you're serving? Well, actually, it changes all the time, to be honest, because we're dealing with so many uh, stakeholders that it changes all the time. But generally, I can tell you that it doesn't matter who the stakeholder, we will definitely want to make it uh, as focused and insightful as we can, because it's so easy to just send your stakeholders, uh, you know, a large amount of, uh, of uh, recommendations or data or whatever, and, and go use it and that's it. We want to make sure it's going to be effective. We want to make sure it's going to be actionable because to be honest, this is the only way we can also measure our effectiveness as CIs later. Because, so this is the general approach, make it actionable and insightful. Now, how it changes according to stakeholder, I again, because we're dealing generally with product manager most of the time. So I would say it has to be informative and, but also, focused on the topic that we want to, to tackle. Okay. So not, don't take him too much around because they're here for a very specific feature and very specific research question. Um, and when it's about executives, we need to make sure it's, it can help them take a decision, you know, so, so it varies, but generally these are the main two stakeholders and we need to adjust it to them. Okay, bringing it back to the data gathering process just for a second, when you find yourself um, or when you're going about getting a hold of data, what just in practical terms does that look like? Is this something that you've automated a lot of, that you've got a lot of tools kind of managing for you or that you've got sort of, you know, at set a set cadence in the diary, you've got these stakeholder meetings where you know you're going to be sharing those ideas and, and, and knowledge sharing and stuff like that. 
Um, is this something that kind of takes care of itself or is there a lot of manual work that goes into that? Most of it is definitely automated, I would say, because as we mentioned earlier, we do have the 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 the, the set of tools that although they are they can be multiple tools, and eventually connecting all of them would be maybe manual. But each one of them is super automated, providing us what we need on time. If it's in, if it's inspiration, if it's in, if it's different implementations, and if it's the impact of of features. So these these are automated. However, we need to remember we're talking about games. So in most of the cases, it will not be enough for me to rely on external tools when I can easily download the game and play it. Okay, so I cannot just send a recommendation or an insight without at least playing the game for a while to understand how does it feel as a player, okay? So the playing part of the research, I would say, which is by the way, also the fun part, the most fun part, it's manual, you know, playing game is manual. <laughs> so you need to, you play the game, you're trying to write things down, what's happening there. And, and you know, if it's aligned with what we, 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 we see in our tools and what we thought before. So I would say the playing part is, is, is the manual part basically. And also, as I said, once you gather all the automated data, now you need to take some manual steps to, to pack it all together because it's so many, multiple tools with so many, from so many sources, internal and external. And to make it insightful and actionable, you need to do some manual work in order to, to pack it. But generally, it's it's all automated. Okay, that's interesting. I, I find that um, quite cool as well, how, you know, I feel like in some other industries kind of adopting the mindset of the user or the customer and using the product like that might be quite hard um, or even, you, you know, if that's not a use case that you kind of need the software for or whatever the product is, might be quite hard to do. But I imagine in, in gaming, that's maybe even a little bit of a blessing because it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but perhaps a little bit easier to understand where the user's pain points are going to be if you know you can kind of boot the game up and play it as a player, um, and then you have that first-hand experience. Yeah, it really depends on the game genre because different genres have different audiences and characteristics. But generally, I agree. I think once you get familiar with so many kind of games and different competitors, and you're getting exposed to so many features and game offerings and and pricing, you you start to understand what are the pain points and where, where, what's the, what's the best point in the game where you can think about monetizing players also. And so, so yeah, generally I agree, but also we, we are very surprised sometimes to, to see that, you know, we, there's so many kinds of players with so many different characteristics and from different markets and demographics that, so it can really change and, 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 and you, significant features sometimes can really change everything. Okay. The, the whole game experience can be affected by a specific a new feature. So we need to be very, do it very carefully, but yeah, generally I agree. Mm. Okay. When the data comes in, in its sort of myriad forms, where does it arrive? Is there a place, I guess, that mm -hmm. you put it in its sort of different forms to kind of centralize it so that you've got one place to go to just to help organize all of that stuff? 
Yeah, so so to me, it's all there within the tools. It's, it's some kind of SaaS platform, I think like that. It, and it stays there because I know what do I need and when, and I go to take it from there. But as you as you said, it should be eventually it should be sent to the stakeholders and to the relevant internal customers. So we need to make sure it's accessible to them, and we cannot expect them all to be full time CIs. Therefore, we definitely need to provide them some uh, 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 centralized and knowledge sources internally that they can go and and be exposed there to our contents. We actually recently are work, uh, worked on kind of let's say CI portal. So we want each or any of our contents to be there uh, organized uh, systematically in, 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 in the right way. And also according to relevant areas of interest. Or for example, if someone is looking for a specific game experience, it will be easy for him to find it. Or if it's there are specific contents that are going to be relevant only for a few of our games. We would, we would like to make sure they, they these guys know about that. Um, so we definitely are working on that also these days. We can still uh, improve in that, get improved in that, but yeah, we want to make sure it's accessible to them. Um, but at the same time, we need to remember that we cannot expect them to just pull it uh, randomly. We want to push it also for them to make sure they're exposed to the contents on the right time because it's not only about uh, preparing the research or, or making the content available, it's also, and this is crucial crucial for CI and gaming in my opinion, to make sure you're connected to, uh, let's say the roadmaps of your uh, stakeholders, your product manager. You need to know that for example, in the next quarter or in two quarters from now, they are going to work on something specific. So you want to be there and uh, the right moment to deliver when they need it. Don't want them to find out only a quarter after that, that there is something that can help them with that. You want to make sure they know about it in the right time when it's super helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So it's not purely self-serve for you. It's um. so how do you make sure then that um, people are getting this stuff at the right time? So how do you go about pushing it to them? Is it just a case of, yeah. So, so, so we have kind of some kind of ongoing uh, routines that we, we, we take in order to, to push it to our stakeholders. So the more uh, frequent one would be maybe a weekly report, monthly report or monthly mail it can be a quarterly review, which is much more comprehensive. Um, so these are the contents that are a part of a routine. And we, we actually know that most of the stakeholders really expect that. So this is also a sign that you're, you're working effectively, but there are some contents that are relevant only for specific uh, uh, groups of stakeholders. So we will not just send it to any, to everyone because the chance that we'll get lost, it's, it's, it's bigger like that. So then we can arrange focus groups. We also have something called plans within Platica. So as we spoke about it earlier a bit, but once in a while we, we group uh, uh, employees or specific areas of interest together and there the CI can also present something that can be relevant for them. For example, there is a specific feature that can be interesting for some kind of specific group of, of stakeholders. I would do it focused with them. Um, so, so yeah, we have the ongoing routines and we have some headlock or something that we do depends on the situation. 
we can also even think just as a, as a general recommendation, even if you think that weekly, monthly, or quarterly is too much or too frequent or, or, or it's not enough, or, or maybe if it's a it's smaller company, I would say you can even arrange some kind of an internal CI summit, okay? Where you want to gather all stakeholders together in one place, take three, four hours even, and this is your the CI show where you present the main findings of the quarter, let's say, or you know, and everybody will will wait for that. Yeah, yeah, good idea. And I guess then you've got the benefit of if people are in the room and um, people yeah. are kind of talking to each other, there's more getting shared. People give you feedback on how you're presenting things, whereas I guess in a sort of newsletter or briefing report kind of <laughs> format, that might get lost too. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. I feel like that's data gathering pretty much covered. Let's cover um, analysis for a little bit and then we'll get on to stakeholders, which I know that you're keen to talk about. So the analysis that you guys do, how um, maybe this actually overlaps a little bit with reporting, but how kind of prescriptive is it in terms of like uh, presenting a point of view on how you think people should take that data and do something with it? Um, is that element there at all or is it like here's um data and what we think it means make of that what you will or is it somewhere in between you mean how we refine the question define the question with them with the stakeholders when you're delivering that analysis to them mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. you say here's what we think we should do in light of what we found or would mm -hmm. you just say here's the data um or like here's our interpretation of what the data is Mm -hmm. And then leave it up to the leadership team or the product marketers to decide, okay, here's what we're going to do with that strategically. Yeah. So, so I think, um, first of all, I would like to be there on, on the first step of the analysis, which is about defining the objective and the research question. I want to be there in that step also to make sure we do it together because the CI can really help this random stakeholder to even define what's the research, the research question, what's the objective. And then it will be much easier for us to understand what will be the, the outcome. So for example, they can just, uh, in some cases, they would like just to get as much as information as they can on a specific uh, uh, feature, let's say. But sometimes they would like to know something more specific. So um, how, what's the correlation between this X feature to the player behavior in this right moment. So it really depends on the research question. And when when it's more specific, I would definitely like to give him the more the most accurate uh, uh, insight that I can, when it's only about providing uh, just as much information as we can. So it's just providing the information, right? But generally, um, I would say that I'm really trying to provide a very, uh, let's say the most actionable insight that I can and not just giving the recommendation, that's it. But we also need to be very, do it very carefully because you need to be humble with what you're sending to your stakeholders because you know you don't really know sometimes how effective it's going to be. And to be honest, I think this is one of the industry that is so difficult to connect game experiences to KPI, this is really, really, really difficult because you're not exposed to internal data of your competitors. And even if you are, let's say the financial or specific companies that are your direct competitors, these are companies, but your competitors are actually games, not companies. And if your competitor is a large company with 20 games, 
you will never know actually what's the internal data of that specific game. So these are all estimates we get from the external tool that we spoke about earlier. Therefore, we need to be very careful with what we are suggesting and to, 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 to note where it's relevant that, okay, we know what the player thinks about that. We know that it's interesting for us, but we are not fully sure what going to, what's going to be the impact of that. So when we know that, we'll definitely recommend it 100%. Let's go for it. And we would also like to make sure we monitor that later that's going to happen. But once we're not sure what's going to be its impact, we need to, to mention that as well. Okay. Okay. That's um, that's something I hadn't actually ever even thought about. And, and that makes me interested actually in um, what the rest of that process looks like for you and where you kind of go from there. So from that establishing the objective portion of, uh, of the analysis, what are kind of the next steps then uh, for you in terms of getting to um, some kind of analysis that you can then deliver back? Yeah. So if I would, let's say I would map this analysis process or where it starts and ends for me as a CI, let's say that. So there is this early stages of the process where we define the objective, the research question. And as I said, because as a CI, we're in a very unique position that we are exposed both to the competitive landscape, but also to the internal stakeholders. So we can help them with that for sure, to refine and define the research question. Then it's all about data collection, gather relevant information from various sources. It can be the external and internal ones. It can be player surveys, player interviews, or anything like that. And in that uh, stage, we would also like to understand when it's too much information, because there is something we call the hamburger approach, okay? You need to know when your stakeholders expect an hamburger and when a full chef menu. You cannot just deliver, you know, a full uh, meal just for someone that is looking for a very specific question and you want to help him making it very actionable and insightful, so it will not be confused with too much information. It's super easy to get to send a lot of information, but it has to be focused, in my opinion. So this is also the point where you need to understand in the data collection stage when it's too much also. And then, of course, it's the data analysis part, which is the most maybe important part where you focus on extracting meaningful insights from the data. It can include quantitative analysis, qualitative analysis, trend analysis, of course, SWOT, or market share analysis when relevant, and competitive ben benchmarking, of course. And here is basically where the analysis part ends, in my opinion. However, this is only half of the process because then the delivery part arrives. This is maybe even more important sometimes, how, so how we deliver, how we pack it, and how we recommend, and of course, eventually how we monitor the effectiveness of it. Okay, interesting. So when you're delivering that analysis to your stakeholders, how mm -hmm. much is that just um, a sort of send it off to them and they'll do what they will with it? And how much of it is a kind of back and forth, like, um, you know, like an iterative process where here's the analysis. Okay, thanks for that. You know, like, what about this, where it's actually a conversation and the analysis or what you've delivered, I guess, kind of evolves through that. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of the, the let's say, pain points on challenges of CIs in gaming because sometimes, you know, this is a very fast-paced industry. So many things are going on in one game studio every day. 
And it's not all about your uh, project as a CI or the insight that you just gave to some specific stakeholder. So ideally, we would definitely like to, I mean, after we, we recommended or delivered to the relevance, we would definitely like to be there also to monitor and get feedbacks from them or maybe how what they need more from us in order to make it better or some things we can help them to make sure it's happening. But to be honest, it's not, it's tricky because not all the time we are able to do that. It, you don't have the availability for that along all the process because sometimes implementing your recommendation can take even six months. It depends on how significant is that feature, how comprehensive is that, if there are more things to check before. So it really depends, but generally we would definitely like to do it to monitor as much as we can when, when it's possible because we need, we always need to collect receipts as CIs. You need to make sure, you, you need to show how, how effective you are in your, in your organization because we are serving our stakeholders and not necessarily we will be able to connect uh, our work to the numbers. Uh, so try to monitor and make sure things are happening the right way that you think uh, when you can at least. Mm, that that sounds like a challenge to me. If if you're working in a, a sort of fast-paced industry, um, like you are, and you know it takes sort of six plus months to implement things, as I'm sure is the case sort of across industries as well, mm -hmm. is it ever the case? And and how do you kind of handle it if like um, you know your your analysis from six months ago is sort of just about getting implemented today, and in the meantime, a bunch of other things have happened that have made you have to kind of move the goalposts and adjust and shift alongside whatever other projects you've got going on as well. How do you handle something as dynamic as that when you're trying to deliver on new things and when you've got things that you sort of delivered on a while ago that are now sort of changing even as you're delivering them? Yeah, that's exactly the, the, the difference of being just the one that inform or the one that is truly a true business partner for them. And I would like to be the business partner for them. This is definitely the goal SCI. You, you don't want just to inform them, to send it, and that's it. But from the other end, as you said, you cannot be there every day for that specific project and to make sure you, you inform them about every small change. So try to be a part of the, the, the task force, I would say, as much as you can. Make sure they know you are available for them for questions, consultants. So it's not, you're not only the one that uh, analyze and make projects or, or answer questions or prepare long presentations. You're also the one that is available for them when they have specific thoughts, questions. You want to be the trust for, or the focal point within the organization. You want to position yourself as a consultant, not only as someone that sent presentations, right? So the more you will be able to be a part of your stakeholders task force, the small, teams within the game studios, the better. Because it's so easy to disappear once you send a, a specific piece of content or presentation and then forget about it. But you definitely want to be there, a business partner for them in their day-to-day -day also. Also, I would say um, that it's super recommended to kind of, let's say, educate, I would say, your stakeholders to be CI driven, to become, let's say, mini CIs in their day to day. 
a part of my process, and I would say everyone that think thinking about establishing a CI program, a part of the process, in my opinion, can be that you make making sure that you provide at least the basic tools to your stakeholders, so they will be able to gather basic CI in their day to day. You don't want them to be clueless and not knowing anything about what's going on outside. They have to know at least what's going going on with their three, four direct competitors around them, because. After all, it's only a few CIs and a very large amount of other stakeholders. So the more they will be CI-driven and the more they will think CI automatically, it's even better for us. But this is just a tip that I think that can really help uh, some CIs. Right. No, yeah. And I think um, I think definitely a useful one. I think that's one, this whole sort of like crowdsourcing CI um, piece that, that people talk about. Um, it is, it's a recurring theme and I think for good reason, right? Like, um, and, and also the other side of, of what you said, it sounds to me like the, the other side of the solution to working in, in a market that's so dynamic, it's, it sounds like it's an attitude thing, you know, like wanting to go above and beyond for the people that you're serving rather than just like, you know, here you go. Um, this is the analysis from six months ago and I'm not going to touch it anymore. Sounds like, you know, that definitely doesn't work. And if you're not willing to work with people um, to get the necessary, to get the required result, um, you know, like do what's required um, or do what's necessary, not what's, um, uh, however that saying goes, you know, um, it sounds like that's definitely important for CI. Definitely important. You have to adapt and you have to understand this is a very high pest industry and, you know, this is why our logo as company is Cheetah. So it's fast. It's all about be fast, adapt yourself, you know, the, to the market, make sure you're on the things all the time and be connected to what's going on outside. Make sure you know the trends. You will sit and take part in so many um, important meetings or, or focus groups. So, and you need to be there. I mean, they they will expect your stakeholder will, will will want to hear your your opinion in any topic because eventually anyone would want this the piece of the ci because ci can see some kind of a very wide picture of what's going on and, and yeah definitely okay so um i feel like we've already kind of um started talking about this um the kind of whole reporting and collaboration with with stakeholders um piece of the conversation but i want to make sure that we cover this in enough detail because i know that you were keen to talk about it um as a competitive intelligence manager you know you said this is a big part of your your day-to-day responsibilities so you know you mentioned right back at the beginning that the kind of two stakeholder groups you serve primarily product marketers and uh, executives although you also serve you know creatives and designers so how do you make sure that you're in sync with your stakeholders uh in terms of what they're looking for from you as a competitive intelligence manager and from your team as well? Yeah, so so I think, as we, we mentioned, we need to to kind of not only, instead of not only like sending presentation and, and reviews about what's going on outside, we need to, to kind of group our stakeholders according to areas of interest because there are so many stakeholders, so many kind of games and... and they're so busy in their day to day. So I think that a good way for a CI to make sure they are aware to what's going on would be 
to map and group your stakeholders according to areas of interest. Now it can be clans as we called here in Platica, which is a nice uh, name of basically grouping your stakeholders according to areas of interest. It can be another format, but as long as you group your stakeholders according to areas of interest and you kind of have a specific routine when you can all meet to discuss a specific topic, the better. Now, it doesn't even have to be, I mean, usually it will be that you share some CI uh, uh, pieces or data, but you can also just be the one that arranged it because you're in a very unique position that is connected to so many stakeholders. So even if you're just being in charge of knowledge sharing, this is also great because one game in floor number four, sometimes don't even know what's going on, on the floor above him in another game. But you know that this game is working on that and another game is working on something similar. So you can be the one that connect them. And so even if you just be the one that is in charge of knowledge sharing, it's also great. And of course, it will, you also have the format of delivering your CI contents and making sure everybody are on the things and updated about what's going on. Another thing that I think, you know, we have to talk about if we're talking about stakeholders is kind of managing expectations. Again, but intelligence teams tend to be small. Prioritization is a theme that I think I've spoken about with every guest on the podcast so far. Um, you know, it's an age-old problem. Everybody mm -hmm. wants a piece of you. How do you find yourself prioritizing different projects uh, working in mobile gaming? Yeah, so it's never boring in the CI department, that's for sure. And as you mentioned, everybody wants a piece of the CI. So you definitely need to prioritize. And I would say that first of all, it's you you have to, to do it like you need to understand how many stakeholders it's going to serve. That's why it's also important, as we spoke about it earlier, it's also important to organize it in the right way and also organize it by, not only by, by game, for example, organize it by, by topic, because this topic can be interested for a variety of stakeholders. And once you categorize too specifically, it will get lost for others. So organize it in the right way and also make sure the contents or the project you're working on are going to serve as much stakeholders as you can. This is the best way to prioritize, in my opinion, and of course, you have to, to also remember there are, it's better to have some personal KPIs, for example, like time to deliver, or let's say you can also check later how many of your recommendations were also implemented, so, or exposure to contents. So make sure you have also like your own KPIs that you can also measure, measure the effectiveness of your work. But generally, I would say try to serve uh, more stakeholders that this is all about that because your time is expensive and you cannot work on something that is too narrow you have to to make sure it serves a variety of uh, stakeholders right okay so the work the projects that are going to serve the most people um in the business for you those ones take priority over ones that will serve fewer people yes and i would also like to add by the way that you need it's also about making sure that this uh, it's scalable, meaning that you can reuse it later because something that you're working on today that is relevant for a specific uh, uh, matter today can also be relevant two months from now. This ha it happens in many cases. So you need to be able to reuse your contents 
in sp- to make sure you know where to find it later and use it in the right moment again, because if a specific game or, or, or department uh, needs that now, but someone will not need this later. So you need to also make sure that you can, that, they, that the content is scalable, meaning that you can reuse it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, right. Before we wrap up then, is there anything you think that we've missed? Anything that, you know, is a big thing for you that we haven't talked about yet that you think um, we should do? I think generally we covered uh, a lot, which is great. I just mm. want to add some important point, which is about earning your stakeholders' trust. So it's all sounds, it all sounds super uh, like uh, fun and nice and easy, but eventually, eventually you need to to remember, especially when you first establish a CI, but not only. You are not necessarily the 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 expert of every game or product in your company because the product managers or the sometimes the, the executives or, or anyone can be more professional in this very specific topic within this product. So you need to make sure you earn your stakeholders trust. And I think that the best way to do it would be through quick wins and small wins at the beginning rather than large ones, okay? And not only that, make sure you're being there in the process end to end to make sure it's happening. So later you will be able to use this as a sip for your effectiveness. And so it's about quick wins and also about knowing your own company's product well. I will not feel comfortable enough to suggest anything to, to any of our games without making sure that I know everything about this game, about the features, that I know everything about each button in the game even. So make sure you know the products in, of your own company and it's super important in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, great point, I think. And I, I think what comes off the back of that, like not only are you, you know, being selfless in terms of working to understand what other people need, earning their trust, but also, you know, I guess it pays dividends for the listeners, I guess, in their own competitive intelligence careers, because if you collect those receipts, as you said, and you've been in the process beginning to end and you've gathered the quick mm-hmm. wins at first, and then you can build on that for sort of larger wins um, and sort of larger scale wins, that's only going to help you in your own career um, and your own growth and development as well. Yes, hundred percent. And they will also help you later that you will see they, they will come to you later, which is the sign of that you're doing something good. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I think that's pretty comprehensive. We've covered uh, the sort of state of data in mobile gaming, what you use and why, um, how you work with your analysts to get insight from that data, how you deliver it to stakeholders and uh, how you tackle some of the, practical issues around that. Um, So Nada, thank you so much for your time. Um, It's been a really great conversation, really insightful for me and I'm sure for everybody listening as well. So thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Compete Clarity podcast. Before you go, I've got a question for you. In today's job market, differentiation is really important. Interview processes today have four, five, or even more stages and proving your worth is getting harder all the time. How valuable would it be to you to be able to bypass all of that in the eyes of the recruiter because they're already familiar with your work? Well, listen, we want to help you by offering you the means to do just that. We'll work with you to quickly adapt your work into SEO optimized articles, ghost written guides and podcast episodes just like this one. 
It's never been easier to differentiate yourself, so why not start today? Sound interesting? Just send an email with sign me up in the subject line to contribute at competitiveintelligencealliance.io. That's contribute at competitiveintelligencealliance.io.